Welcome to another episode of the Man Cave Chronicles. Welcome to the party, pal. You're my boy, boo. Yo, ancient, A podcast with interviews of amazing guests from the world of pop culture. Oh, yeah. TV. Nice. Movies. Oh, I love the movies. Comedy and more. From deep inside the Man Cave, your host, Elias. Patrick, welcome to the cave. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me in the cave, man. Exciting times, man. The listener viewers are tuning this interview. They can see you in your latest uh, project. Welcome to Chippendales, man. Right before we got on the air, I was uh, reading a little bit more about it. I mean, there's been some great reviews on this series. Yeah, it's it's an amazing show. Um, I'm really happy that it's out and people are getting a chance to see it. I think just the story behind the making of Chippendales is so crazy that, I mean, I had no clue about it until I had done the project. But now that it's actually out, I think people are starting to realize all of the the violence, the racism, the the shadiness at play behind this thing that was just so glorified back in its time. Mm. So yeah, we're gonna dive a little bit more into it in a few minutes. But uh, you know, I was trying to do some research on Patrick. Also, man, you're uh, pretty new to the industry. I would say a few years in now. Uh, what made you get into it? Um, I mean, I've been doing this years, man. Uh, I think growing up in LA, just being surrounded by the industry, uh, was just I don't know. It was always around. But I, I heard an audition for The Lion King on Broadway, uh, like in Chicago on the radio. And I was like, I want to do that. And then my mom took me to that. And that kind of just like started the whole acting bug. And so then from there, I had done commercials as a kid. And then around like 15, I really got serious about this and was like, I want to make this a career. Wow. The, what did you, when you told your parents, this is what you want to do, the career and everything, what was their reaction towards it? Did they give you like an ultimatum or anything like that? Or right, you could stick with it if it doesn't? Yeah, work out, kinda. you go through a different path. Kind of, kind of. I, I had convinced my mom to let me go to homeschooling for my junior year Okay, focus on acting. And so she was like, all right, I'll give you one year, but you have to book something in that year. And I booked a one-line role on iCarly, and she said that wasn't big enough and that I had to book something more <laughs> substantial. And I was like, all right, cool. And then like a few months later, I had booked a lead in uh, the Mario Van Peebles movie, We the Party. And she was like, all right, you can, you can do this. Go ahead. Take the reins now. What does your mom tell you these days now? Um, <laughs> now it's just what's next. <laughs> what happened to that last audition? Did you book it? Let's go. Yeah, she, she's super supportive. She's she's. Uh, I think she definitely believes now. Um, but yeah, she's she's always been supportive. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned growing up you, uh, at a young age. You, you that's where it really pushed you toward this. Now, was there anybody like also like you kind of like not model yourself after, but like watched her work and you kind of like yeah, this is. This is what yeah, I really I mean, want to get into. I mean, as a kid, it was always like Will Smith and Denzel. Like okay. anytime you see them in a movie, it was it was those were the people we were trying to emulate. And uh, I mean, Training Day, I saw that entirely too young. Oh, but yeah. It was one of those movies that definitely inspired me. And I was like, this is what I want to be doing. I remember like I went into my first agent and auditioned with the monologue for V for Vendetta at 15. Like I was mm. always wanting to do bigger, more adult action movies and stuff like that. So. Does Patrick have a dream role that you want to play someday? Yeah, um, I I love I would love to be a superhero, but I have something of an affinity for villains and like a Marvel villain or like being Batman though. Batman's always been my super favorite superhero. But yeah, uh, I think a, a villain, a love interest, those are things that like I, I've always wanted to do. Now you mentioned you mentioned action movies too. What kind of action movie would you want to do if you can get your hands oh, on that? I mean, like the villains, the Marvel villains, uh, that would be amazing. Uh, I've always wanted to do like a heist movie though because okay. like the, the heist movies usually there's some sort of emotional draw as to why they're robbing whatever they're robbing it's never just for, for pure greed 
And so just to blend the the emotion of that with the the bad guy element and then the action that comes along with, you know, stealing the the crown diamond from the basement floor of the this huge building. Like, yeah, that just always seems exciting. And and I just shot a the equalizer uh, a couple of weeks ago. And that was like my first time really doing some action stuff. And I was like, oh, this is this is where it's at. So you mentioned heist movies. I have one in my mind. It's one of my favorites. What's your favorite? Can you Ooh, think of one? Um, I want to see if we match. I love Inside Man, actually. Okay, that's good. I was going to yeah. say Heat. I like Heat. Heat is great. Heat is fantastic. Yeah, you can't be Heat. In the town. Oh, cut the out. Town. Huh? Oh, the town? Oh, the town with Ben Affleck? Yes. Yo, that one, that one's crazy, though. I haven't seen the town in a minute. The town, um, Den of Thieves, a newer yeah. one. I, I love that one. Uh, there's, there's so many, man. Right. And it's funny because with those type of movies, you don't see them all the time. You see like one or two and then a few years go by to see the next one. I feel like they don't make movies the way they used to anymore. And that's really something I want to see back again is like there's there's never like everything's either super, super massive or super, super indie. And like there's not mm-hmm. just like that mid ground entertainment movie. Just like I mean, like we don't have a diehard for this generation. Right. 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 So it's like, yeah, it's, it's I want to I want to start to bring that back. So let's jump into your uh, your latest project. Now, uh, welcome to Chip and Dale's. How were you now your approach for this role? Tell us about your audition for this. Um, auditioning for this was really fun. Um, it was just a two scene audition, and I tried to do as much research before the audition on Don Gibson as I could because be- yeah. him being a person and his involvement in the story of Chip and Dale's, I just wanted to know everything that I could about it. Um, and then after booking it, I actually doubled down on that went on linkedin found don and he okay. was gracious enough to to have a zoom interview with me wow and i just got as much information about him his storyline uh what he went through like through the whole process uh kind of further than what the script even details i really just wanted to know everything but it was it was really cool just speaking with him and and seeing how much he was doing and how forward thinking he was back in the early 90s cuz by the end of the case he got Chippendales to do business like five hundred thousand dollars of business with black businesses mm. for for their uh, wrongful uh, like turning people away at the door for racism's cause and wow. I was like I think that's so dope that he was he was implementing things that people are just now starting to think about back in ninety two ninety three right how accurate was uh, Don Gibson script to the real person after you like you met him and you talked to him um, I mean that was that was my job I hope he feels it was it was accurate but uh, yeah I think. Um, they they gave us a lot of room to to improv and to kind of be our bring what we wanted to the character. Um, they weren't really confined by the the lines or sticking to the words. So uh, they gave us a lot of freedom. I, and I I really hope that Don really likes the portrayal I had of him. But um, I thought it was accurate. <laughs> so after you read the script before you spoke to Don, like did you have like a way you thought you were going to play him, and then after you talked to him, did you change anything about it? Yeah, yeah, I definitely um, saw him as this much more uh kind of reserved uptight character and after talking to him he was like no i i love to party he was like i was a law student but like i wanted to have a good time we were they were at chippendales because they were chasing girls it was like he had a very fun um big energy which uh which was surprising after talking to him but uh don's a cool guy man Mm. what do you think was like the biggest challenge playing uh don um the biggest challenge probably just time period and uh making sure that I was just getting across what we were trying to convey scene to scene. Mm. Uh, a lot of it was dealing with with uh, racism and discrimination. And so just trying to bring that out without being too obvious or forward about it or being making a caricature of the situation. 
Um, I think just staying grounded in it was probably the biggest focus. Well, what did you love about this role? Uh, what did I love about it? Being on set with Kumail, uh, just the whole cast, meeting Quentin Player. I think uh, it's such a big ensemble cast, just being around everybody, seeing what everybody else is bringing to it. And probably the ad-libbing, being able to just kind of live freely, moment to moment, scene to scene. That was definitely a plus. You don't get that on every project. And this character, would you say this character was a little intense also, like to play him? Yeah, uh, there's uh, next next week the court scene episode happens, and that was definitely a much more intense environment uh, to be done in. But uh, I mean, because you got you have Steve Banerjee who's sitting there in the courtroom, you're being asked questions that are basically going to tear down his business. Mm. And yeah, it was it's you you start to feel the pressure for sure. Well, I started Google searching Don last night also, and it said like at one point he had they were out to get him, they were out to kill him. Yeah. They they uh, Steve put out a hit on him at one point, and uh, the Otis character had reached out to him and let him know, and and it was uh he was fearful for his life at one point just because mm. once he got that message from the, another dancer that was actually at Chippendales, he knew it was it was legitimate, and so wow. started looking over his shoulder, and that was when he was starting to really expedite the process of this lawsuit because he knew that if if it didn't start, they had a chance to kill him before it did. Wow. I mentioned uh, there's been a, like a great reviews on the series and everything. What's been the feedback to you from like friends, family, or even just random fans of the show? Um, I've I've heard the response is fantastic. I mean, a lot of my friends have just been like, "Are you dancing on the show? Are you you taking your shirt off, bro?" And I'm like, "No, no, no, I'm not that role." But um, the response has been amazing. I've, I was talking to Quentin Player, who plays Otis, and he was saying that people are really loving the show, which makes me happy, man. Like, like I said earlier, I think this the story behind Chippendales is so crazy. I think everyone should know it. Mm. Which, what was your favorite moment in the series? Mm. Ooh, favorite moment in the series. Let's see, probably. It, I, I can't give it away. It's, it's the end. All the right. end of the, the end of it is just because, and it's, I can't say favorite because I'm happy about it, but it's just the way this story wraps up and ends is so wild. It's, it's almost like a relief of like, damn, everything went through all that just to get here. Mm. Um, but yeah, when you guys watch episode eight, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. What What's your favorite moment working in the series? Would you say is there like a specific day you're on set and you're like it's still like to this day it's like you were excited about uh, the the courtroom scenes. Yeah. It was just that that same intense energy having a uh, having Kumail uh, across from you, just the looks he was giving, and it was like you could really feel the tension in the air while we were filming those scenes. It was it was mm-hmm. really fun and exciting. I just I love those moments on set when when everything feels so real that you almost don't have to act. It's just everything is happening in that moment. Do you find that easier to work with when it's like that? Thousand percent. It's like, that's when you don't have to imagine anything. You don't have to uh, endow certain circumstances. Everything is in front of you to just let go and live. And I think that's when the best things happen is when everybody's able to come together and let go. All the, all the prep work, all the, all the control things that you want to do all go away. And everybody's just listening, responding, and feeling the energy between each other. That's that's when you get Emmy winning shit right there. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. So we have the last episode uh, next week. Uh, now, what's next for you now? Any other projects you're allowed to tell us about that you got coming up or working on? Yeah. Um, I'd Like I said, I just shot Equalizer. That'll be coming out February 26th. Um, I've had a crazy year, man. I mean, I'm, I'm incredibly blessed and grateful now that we're in December, I've looked back and I've been fortunate enough to work 12 out of or 10 out of 12 months this wow. year. And so just looking back on on the year that I had from 
from doing NBA 2K as Ricky Bennett to ending the year at the Equalizer and everything in between. I'm I'm super grateful. I forgot about the basketball thing because I'm a, I'm a basketball fan and I actually bought yeah. I bought the I bought the game and everything. How how is it with the voiceover? Do you enjoy doing and that? 2K is an, an amazing thing. The fans of 2K are crazy, um, and it's it's also cool just because it's a lot of kids, and so a lot of kids kind of really see you as uh, mm. as this character and and being Ricky. I'm I'm your manager. I'm I'm with you the entire game. I'm kind of guiding your career, and so that the response from that has been amazing. I mean, I I love when I'm out at my nephew's basketball games and their friends come up and they're like, hey. Are you Ricky? And I'm like, yeah, man, I am. And they're like, cool. And they run off. And it's like, it's just such a great feeling just to to provide some joy to to kids like that. Would you ever want to do any other type of video game voices if you can? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm a a, a secret goal of mine. I guess I should publicize this. Is uh, Call of Duty. I I play okay. Call of Duty. I love Call of Duty. Um, if I could if I could be a, a character in Call of Duty, play my play with myself at home yeah. on the TV, like that would be so fun. That's all. I've had a uh, guests on that voice that call of duty and they love it it's like they, they're saying like it's not even just like the voice it's like everything all the yeah. stuff they have on and the it's acting cool mocap you got the dots it's a yeah. you know, like, giant warehouse with a bunch of uh, motion capture cameras right. and i mean it's a cool experience man after once you get used to the suit and the dots and the head cam it really is just like a big black box theater like you're just imagining and just playing with other actors all day it's it's super fun awesome. patrick lastly now uh, how can the listeners the viewers find you on social media keep up with you with future projects video games anything you want to yeah instagram is the best way for sure at patrick cage i'm also on twitter the patrick cage um youtube youtube.com patrick cage it's every everything's the name it's it's <laughs> we just go by the name baby um yeah keep up with me on instagram i will be letting everybody know what i have going on they're running fire alarm tests in my apartment my bad <laughs> so yeah patrick thank you uh, for giving me today man. this was great that's a wrap. That's a wrap, everybody. That's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Man Cave Chronicles podcast. I finally get my man cave. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at the MCC Podcast. And our website, the MCC Until next time.